Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Life After Tech Bootcamp. It's Wednesday, we're getting into the new year, and I have a whole host of incredible stories lined up, and today is no different. So today I'd like to introduce you to Michael. Michael graduated from BYU with a manufacturing engineering degree. He worked in the automotive industry first at Toyota Gosi. I hope I pronounced that right. Then at Tesla as a process engineer in automation processes, such as six-axis robots, PLC systems, and embedded systems. He went on to earn the Springboard Data Science Engineering Certification and now works as a full-stack developer for O3 Inc. using Python and JavaScript frameworks. But most importantly, he's a husband and father of two who looks for opportunities to serve his local community. Michael, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. It's good to be here. Uh, yes, I know. You're actually my first recording of the new year. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Do you have any um, opportunities coming up to serve your local community? Oh, uh, yeah. Um, just, uh, I mean, this is an opportunity right here. Um, I like the, I like the springboard. Uh, I, I enjoyed springboard platform. I enjoyed the community around it, especially the mentor aspect of springboard. Um, but yeah, in general, I like, uh, you know, if there's opportunities to, um, help out, uh, in the community, whether it's like a service, uh, opportunity or, um, at my work, I live, I work right in between, um, a nonprofit uh, organization that uh, serves the community through food and through clothing. Um, and it's just kind of fun to be in that environment. Uh, but yeah, I like the, the springboard community. I like, I, I like tech in general because a lot of things are open source and people work together to solve problems that are common. Um, but this is, yeah, this is a great opportunity for me. Hopefully I have something to say that's of value to somebody who's uh you know, thinking about uh, kind of jumping into tech or, uh, uh, you know, so yeah, this is a great opportunity for me as well. Certainly. Well, I think it's really interesting. We had another guest, Ashley, who was saying that everyone is, not everybody, but a lot of people are really looking to get into tech. That's saying just where our society's going with careers and motivations and things like that. So I think everybody's story has some validity to it. Um, I know when I was searching for paths to get into the industry, I am in UX design, I would constantly talk to people about how they got to where they are and I kind of tailored what they did to work for me. So I think that compiling of stories and just that constant listening is always yeah. beneficial. Um, kind of on that that theme, um, I'm also realizing, you know, tech, it's meshed with everything now. I think jobs used to be more specific to one thing. Um, but now, I mean, you're using tech no matter where you're going, especially with engineering, it's becoming this kind of meshed um, thing because there's, there's programming involved with engineering and there's um, physical, th you know, uh, structural things with engineering, but um, tech is kind of creeping into every aspect of uh, any job. Um, if you have tech skills, it's probably going to help 
Um, so yeah, I definitely see that and um, everybody kind of has a different story and um, yeah, it's just a good, it's a good field to know stuff about. So yeah, it's, it's awesome. Certainly, I definitely can relate to that. When I initially thought I wanted to be a project manager, I thought, oh, all project management's the same. I can just go from project manager from interior design to tech. And when I was looking at the tech, the specs for the jobs, I was like, what's the hmm. sauna? What do, how much HTML do I really need to know? And I think back and cringe about how naive I was and how much I really had to adapt. So to your point, it's not okay just to know Microsoft Word anymore or Excel. There's so many other programs that we have to be knowledgeable of to kind of prove what we can get some of these jobs, which is scary. And, but also it's just, what are you going to do about mm -hmm. it? it? It helps. It, it just helps to have whatever info you have. Um, but yeah, no, no need to get overwhelmed, I think, but it just helps. It's good. Um, it's good stuff. I think we're on the same page with that. Certainly. Well, let's go back to the beginning before you are where you are now. So tell me about what happened before you decide to get involved with data engineering before you even maybe you knew about Springboard, what was happening? Um, so I was in the manufacturing engineering field, uh, specifically with automotive uh, equipment. And um, I was fortunate and blessed to um, kind of work on automated processes where there's programming involved. It wasn't necessarily web development, of course, uh, programming, but it was, it was programming, uh, you know, ones and zeros and making things work appropriately. Um, and I just kind of noticed within the industry, just the importance of data. And um, we're kind of moving into a data centric uh, world where so much is just being processed and so many decisions are being made. And um, I was starting to kind of on my own figure out how to do a data analysis stuff based on kind of big data sources. But um, I was having a lot of trouble making sure that the sources of those data of that data was correct. Um, and uh, that's, that's kind of what led me to springboard I was just doing Google searches uh, what would be the best uh, way to kind of learn this quickly and um, springboard the data engineering I don't know if it's I think they've kind of added different um, certificates to get um, but at the time that they had the data engineering I don't know if they still have it I think they do I'm not sure but um, at the time it was like I was going down the list and it was everything I wanted to learn about data pipelines about um, and it, I realized it could be you know uh, it could be a fast way to kind of get those um, those basic things understood. And then I, if I could get that info, um, I'd be able to kind of go leaps and bounds um, when I was in that job field. Um, that being said, um, after I got the certification, I, I was I was blessed to kind of have other opportunities um, unfold. And I, I'm now I'm a, a you know, web developer. So I, I switched fields. I, I originally wasn't looking to do that. Um, I was looking to just stay in the automotive industry. Um, 
but I think that's another blessing of uh, kind of gaining those skills is your your opportunities kind of open up a little bit. Um, Certainly. Yeah. Certainly. I have some questions here. I'm, I'm so curious because you said you were Googling, you know, how to learn all of this quickly. And I get that path of least resistance mindset. So I'm curious, like when you were thinking about learning everything, and I don't even know what everything means to you, but were you thinking, I need to get a master's? Do I just need to, you know, watch YouTube videos? What? Yeah. I know you said Springboard kind of had everything you wanted to learn, but what was that discovery process like for you? Yeah. Um, so the way it worked was, um, so throughout my career, I've always wanted to, I always try to mingle with the people who are trying to solve the hardest problems um, because it's just good to kind of be in that realm uh, to kind of know what's going on. So at um, when I was at Tesla, um, I mean, they're, they're very data driven. And so I, I was able to sit in a conversation with guys that were, um, you know, and, and the world's becoming more uh, cross-functional. So I was allowed to go visit with different teams in different areas. So um, I, I was sitting in one meeting specifically where everything went over my head. I was like, I have no idea. And I wrote down these different things that um, I needed to learn. Uh, so that's kind of the genesis of uh, why I, I, I searched. And, and yeah, I, I searched for master's degrees. I searched for, um, you know, different, uh, I searched for all sorts of things. Um, but I really wanted to know what, what they were talking about. I wanted to be in the room. I wanted to be able to understand. And um, so, yeah, so I, and it just happened to be that uh, Springboard was the right one. And to have a certificate assigned with kind of that knowledge base was, was something that I decided would be important. Um, you know, because sometimes it's hard to, to prove, hey, I have these skills. Um, sometimes you can do it. Sometimes you can't. But in my situation, I wanted a cert certification that said, hey, you know, this guy can, can do that. Um, it, so that's kind of the genesis. I was, I was in a meeting and uh, these guys were talking about things that uh, I had no idea what, what was going on. And um, so that's when I started. Uh, and and I also really like the flexibility of Springboard where, um, you know, it took me several months longer than the six months. And that was just because I spent less time uh, every week on the certification because I had other things going on. So that flexibility really helped me. Whereas if you go to a traditional master's class, um, you know, every Thursday you're going to have an assignment due. And if you don't do it, then, you know, you're not going to pass at the end of the semester type of thing. Um, yeah. And like with master's, I know when I was looking into that, I would have to wait, you know, eight months to start the course. I was thinking today, just how archaic our, higher education system is not to, you know, completely say it's the wrong, it's doing everything wrong. But if I wanted to pursue something, I don't want to, it's what January, if I wanted to start a program, I might be able to start in the summer semester, but I'd most likely have to wait for the fall. That's ridiculous. That's like a year of my life that I could be making money or moving ahead with 
literally anything. So I, I do see your point in that, but I'm very curious mm-hmm. to know, you know, okay, so you're in the course, you found this is exactly what you wanted to learn. Like what parts of the course did you feel are helping you today? Like what I know you said before you really loved your mentor, what worked for you in the course? Yeah. Um, the mentor was huge. Uh, he was from my alma mater, BYU, and he's a high caliber professional, 16 years of experience, um, in programming all sorts of different things. Um, and data, he was a data guru. Um, and he was just a really nice guy. Um, so it was, it was really exciting when, when it was my alma mater, because that told me that springboard put some thought into it, at least, you know, putting, giving me a mentor. Um, and, uh, so that was huge. I also liked, um, the way that the info was structured on springboard and it's at your own pace. And one of the reasons I wanted to start the springboard originally is because you can go faster if you want, which is ironic because it ended up being longer. Um, but you know, it's, it's your own convenience. It's your own thing. You visit with your mentor once a week. And um, I can't speak for other, I don't know what, how other people's mentors were, but mine was amazing. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I actually still message him every once in a while. <laughs> so, uh, and, you know, I, I stopped Springboard two years ago, I think. Um, but yeah, I'm friends on friends with him on LinkedIn and he was excited about the job I got. and. Um, but uh, to answer your question as well, um, the capstone project, I think they called it, was huge. And I really like how they, um, I like the focus on real world things. So when you, you know, a certification is good, but on top of that, to have a um, program running that works that you can show people, uh, hey, this is what I did and this is how you do it. Um, it's just good to have, you know, when you're, interviewing or you know you want to have something as tangible as possible to prove and if you're talking x and o, x's and o's to you know an interviewer then they're gonna know um so you know it, it, it's kind of both you need the certification and that means something and um you need to have a project that works and you understand how it works you know and that's another aspect um so those, yeah, those were some, some good things. Um, uh, what else? Yeah. I mean, yeah, the, the flexibility of springboard and the, um, and the mentor and, um, the, the capstone project, those, I'd say those were the things that I liked most about it. Certainly. And this might be a bit of an innocent question because the engineering world I know en- like saying engineer is kind of like saying doctor. It's so vague. Mm-hmm. So many different yeah. ways to be an engineer. Are there any key transferable skills or similarities that you think kind of helped you navigate through these different roles? Yeah, absolutely. It, it's really fascinating um, how similar tech works. So um, we're all familiar with the computer and we kind of know how it works. Um, but in manufacturing there's something called programmable logic controller and it's essentially a computer that um 
picks up relays from physical objects and um, you have a human computer interface to interface with this computer that uh, that has sensors to read actual objects and that's how that's how a, a, a manufacturing system works if you can envision in your mind you know a manufacturing system of any sort where you have objects going down a line and then things happen like a robot picks it up or it goes down a different chute that's all being controlled by a computer it's just a specialized computer um so i was fortunate because um you know the way that uh your computer works you know on your desktop is you know your your mouse has a, a driver and it's interacting through a bus system and that's exactly how a plc works um so yes whatever whenever you have tech stuff it's going to mesh over and the way that you problem solve in engineering it, it's going to be similar um you know it's it's it the problem solving process process is similar um wherever you go um for me specifically data engineers are are software developers and interacting with them in the automotive industry was a huge game changer for me because um you know there's this mesh between physical objects that you're trying to keep track of in a manufacturing setting and then ones and zeros that you're trying to uh, correlate with those objects. And the data engineers were all about correlating physical um, information with, you know, uh, with interfaces that, that a manager or somebody could look at on a screen to know, okay, we have this many parts, that many are bad, this many passed. Um, so, yeah, it was, that's kind of, um, it all kind of intermeshes um, the skills, you know, um, kind of intermesh throughout different systems. Um, and I, I can't see how these skills wouldn't help in any other industry as well. Um, just kind of knowing how it all works. Um, I, like if you're an accountant, it would help, you know, um, if you're, I, I think it would, um, it could help you understand and pick the right software to use. It could help you troubleshoot the software. It could help you, um so th that's my opinion um but especially with engineering there's definitely becoming a um kind of a mesh between complete you know software developers and people who who just work on physical objects um, i think they used to be kind of siloed before but it's kind of getting more and more meshed certainly kind of going back to how just most professions are interacting with more tech. It, it makes sense that those uh, careers are getting intermeshed. So mm -hmm. yeah, thank you for explaining all that. Like, I think sometimes people are able to kind of connect the dots more easily, but sometimes people need to hear how those dots are connected in different ways. So I will never be an engineer, but I've, that's quite fascinating. Um, so I'd love to know, you know, you got your data engineering certificate, but then you ended up as a current full stack developer. Did you seek out data engineering jobs after Springboard? I know you said you didn't mean to switch careers, but like, let's unpack that. What, what does that mean? Yeah. So, um, again, I was really, really blessed, uh, to have the current position I have. Um, I, uh, I knew the owner personally, so that helped. Um, 
it, but but I did apply for all sorts of different jobs. Um, I think I think the one one of I have to go back two years to think about this, but uh, one job, for example, was uh, it's a company called Micropsy, um, and they were developing six-axis robots that used machine learning to um, change their behavior based on um, video input. Um, so kind of like self-autonomous robots. Um, and, uh, you know, just, uh, I don't know, uh, there's, I, I feel like once you gain skills, then opportunities um, present themselves. Uh, and when uh, Microsoft actually reached out to me initially, um, because they saw the certification and they saw the other things, um, and uh it it ended up, it ended up not working with with their with that company but um i really think that you know you you start building your skill set and then opportunities come and it's a grind you know and um it's uh it's an emotionally difficult process to to not have the surety of a job or not have um you know to wonder if you have the right skills and wonder if um you know where do you fit in this world uh, it's you know, it's a difficult time. It's a difficult phase. And um, I think just having the um, kind of the self fortitude of like, hey, you know, this is going to work out and just just keep going and keep going through the grind. Um, that kind of helps. And I think you'll you'll be surprised at opportunities that present present themselves um, when you put in the work to show the skills. Um, and just you know just keep going at it and you know if one if you just keep going just keep going and um just know that your self-worth is not attached to what an employer thinks you're you can do so if a company looks over you that's not necessarily because you lack certain skills they could be putting out a job uh you know some companies they put out a job search and it has nothing to do with anybody they they are legally required to um, put out a job search, but they already have somebody in mind that they're going to hire type of thing. So if you get denied, it's not necessarily because you are, you know, not worthy or not good of, you know, it, there's a lot of reasons that companies do things. And, um, but if you just kind of focus on what you can control and that's, Hey, I'm going to figure out skills and I'm going to figure out, um, you know, how to interact with people in interviews and how to, um, you know, I, I feel like that's your bandwidth of control and you just kind of start there. And um, for me, you know, I was really fortunate and, um, you know, very blessed to kind of have these situations. Um, and, and from my perspective, it's, you know, I believe in God and I believe in, I have faith and, and those type of things help me through and navigate those type of things. Um, and I, everybody kind of does it differently. Um, so, but that's just my perspective, um, is, Hey, you know, when you're going up against something that's very difficult, you need to believe in yourself and just keep going and, and getting denied opportunities that that's not a reflection of who you are. You know, everybody goes through that. And sometimes jobs are easier to get based on economic situations. Sometimes they're harder to get, you know, it has nothing to do with, um, your value intrinsic, you know, so anyway, that's just my perspective.
No, and I think that's a beautiful perspective. Like one thing that you said, I wrote it down so that I could keep it in my journal. Like once you gain skills, opportunities present themselves. And that might, I have a few mottos I tell myself and that might have to be a new one. But I would love to break down that statement a bit more. You know, you say you're gaining these skills and you're getting these opportunities. What was one skill you gained that prompted an opportunity? Uh, this the skill of uh, being able to create a data process on a server, you know, uh, that, that's huge. We can't underestimate, like, when you're going into tech, um, it's a different field because if you can manipulate ones and zeros on a server somewhere, uh, you can change the world. I mean, this is, <laughs> I'm talking big, but, um, you know, it like, if you want to open up a company that makes cars, you're going to have to put in a ton of money to start that company because you're going to have to have physical metal and all this stuff. Whereas you can rent space on a server. And if you're able to make uh, calls from the server to get the right data uh, and streamline it correctly, that that's a huge skill um, to have. Um, and, it's going to, you know, um, it's, it's going to be beneficial. Uh, and I'm sure that's true for the other certifications. Um, you know, if you can, um, design a website that, uh, somebody will more likely, you know, be attracted to, that's a huge skill. It's something that, um, is needed and a lot of people are looking for and, uh, or, you know, whatever, I can't remember all the certifications that there are, but, um, it's a it's a different industry because kind of going back to the beginning it's a, it's very open source so there's there's so much info that's at your hand that you can kind of jump into and um you know if if you can um if you can get through the hard part of kind of understanding what people are talking about and understanding how things work and have real um, skills. Um, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of people who want, who want those skills. There's a lot of people who want data to be processed correctly. So when they, when they get to their desk, you know, they have all the info in front of them that's correct. And, um, if you can be the person that does that, um, it's just a good place to be in. Um, and, you know, I'm, still working on those skills, honestly. So, um, the certification doesn't, uh, necessarily give mastery over it, but it, it kind of gets you in the running to, to be in the right place at the right time with the right people. Uh, but you know, I'm, I'm working hard, you know, to this day trying to improve and, uh, it's a never ending process. Um, but yeah. Yeah, certainly. Another guest we had, Alan, you know, he was saying like, just because my springboard course was over, you know, employers wanted to see what I was doing currently out even after my certification time ended. And, you know, he did kind of describe what you were saying. He found other opportunities to increase his skill set. And now I think people just aren't getting jobs quite as quickly. So what would you tell someone who's maybe been out of their boot camp, you know, six months, eight months, things are getting hard. What would you tell somebody? I think first I would give them a hug and say, it's okay. You know, Aww. sometimes you just, 
You know what I mean? Aww. It's tough, you know, and again, it has nothing to do with you. Um, it's okay to eat a, a, a chocolate bar every once in a while, you know? <laughs> uh, and, and, yeah, you know, there, there's something about just identifying, hey, you know, there's an emotional aspect to this, you know, uh, right? Because we can get kind of focused in on, um, you know, the results. And it, it's crushing. It's soul crushing to go through these processes. And I think when you just kind of identify it, then some of the stress kind of goes away. Uh, but, you know, after that, you know, um, if you can kind of have the emotional bandwidth to just keep going at something, uh, it's gonna, it's gonna come, you know, and, um, you know, if you're gonna bet on anybody in the world, then, then bet on yourself, believe in yourself, bet in yourself, um, and, you know, don't get, uh, discouraged, um, because, you know, something's gonna come, uh, and, and that might involve, you know, you might need to start looking at uh, a broader perspective of, hey, maybe this skill set would fit better in here and maybe it would fit better in there. Um, but also, yeah, you know, um, building your own projects, you know, if you have the skill set um, and you have your, your um, capstone, then you know the pattern of how to do another one or to build on your capstone or to make it more enticing. Um, so I didn't have to do that. So I feel it feels weird, um, you know, saying that other people should do that, but that's, that's a possible thing. Um, I was real, I've just been really blessed to have kind of be in the right time at the right place. And I've just kind of had opportunities come. And again, it had nothing to do with my, um, it had nothing to do with my skill set because there's all sorts of people who have great skill sets. It just, um, you know, just you try to expose yourself to as many opportunities as possible. And then you try to get the best thing for you that suits you. And, um, because I've had the route I've had, doesn't mean that I'm any, um, you know, any more talented than, um, somebody who, who didn't ha who didn't have those opportunities necessarily. Um, so I, that's my, ba that's one thing is like, if you're in that situation, you know, keep, keep at it and just realize, Hey, you know, it's all good. Um, and uh it'll come I, I really think so i think that um if you if you keep going at it and it, it might be you know eight ten months a year you know um and that that's tough but uh yeah just keep going at it and understand that there's an emotional aspect that needs to be addressed to a certain degree so yeah certainly yeah i know it's really tough to kind of think back like i remember applying to just hundreds of jobs. And one day a recruiter reached out to me, I applied to the job I'm at now. And they hired me like I, it's nuts how much I put into that job hunt, when I literally could have just done yeah. that. <laughs> Obviously, you know, I did not have that knowledge of the future. But it's true. It's a it's a is a little bit of luck, which is out of your control. And I think touching on the emotional level it's controlling what you can you can't control an employer's hiring needs or the economy or you know if you just didn't say that perfect word in uh awkward interview things happen so yeah yep it's very true well clearly you were doing something right and you did get this job 
out of your boot camp. So I'd love to hear about that interview process, what worked for you, but also, you know, what was your good luck story? Yeah. Um, yeah. So the, my current, uh, boss, I knew him personally and he's just a good guy. Um, and I don't, I mean, I don't say that, uh, because you know, he's my boss and I'm on a podcast, but, uh, he's just, a, he's just a good guy. Um, and, uh, my interview went absolutely terribly. Um, so what happened was I, I was driving out to his location uh, and I'd never been there before. So I had my phone direct me and, and my phone died, um, right before I got there. And I didn't know which place, which, uh, buildings was his because because there's a whole row of uh small businesses here so uh so i start just kind of opening up random doors and um i triggered a security alarm on one of the doors that was a silent alarm uh so for some reason this this building was unlocked but it, it had an alarm system so so i went into the building and i walked out and um the police were called <laughs> oh, no. so so yeah, no, it was an absolute disaster. So, um, so I'm starting to get late and then the, these police arrive. So I start talking to the police. I was like, oh yeah, that was, that was me. You know, I, uh, so I'm talking to the police and they, you know, I give them my identification and all this stuff. And, um, and then, you know, they hear that I'm late for a job interview and the policeman, police woman, she, she got her phone out and she, searched the address and she said that's the building run you know go get to your job interviews anyway so i showed up half an hour late to my job interview and uh <laughs> and um you know and i didn't have the you know i didn't um definitely lacking a lot of skills um but uh i think um you know i I think different people hire for different reasons and um i don't know i was just blessed uh but uh yeah it, it went it went completely uh haywire uh and then um i actually left my keys in my car so afterwards i thought i lost my keys the, the whole thing was crazy <laughs> but uh it kind of goes back to what you're saying about the luck thing though it's like you know it was, it, it was an awful interview but he hired me and um huge blessing so um yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's, that's what happened. <laughs> I was at first, I thought you were going to say, oh, the police walked me to this job interview. And I was like, well, that is a way to make an entrance, but I'm glad she just looked up the address and let you go on your own. Yeah. That yeah, is that... wild. And yeah, it's not like you can just run away from them. So yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> well, that, that is, a, that is probably the best, how I got my first job post bootcamp story I've ever heard. Wow. It's a wild it's, one for sure. <laughs> that is hilarious. And so you're saying, um, th this is the job you have now. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Okay. So I would love to know what is O3 Inc. I've never heard of it. Yeah, no, th this is just a small, small, well, actually we've grown in the last two years. Um, when I got here, it was four people, uh, uh no, six people. Cause some, some work remote and, um, that's another thing about the tech industry is um, it's very versatile. You know, we talk about the big, what is it, the big five or whatever, Google, Facebook, and you know, that's great. Um, but there's, it's the whole spectrum because again, if you get 
ones and zeros on a server the right way, a lot of people will pay for that, right? And there's a lot of different ways that people do that. And um, I guess I won't go into the specifics, but you know, we have different applications that we're building and have built um, that uh, that do that. Um, so yeah, uh, a lot of people have never heard of it uh, because it's a very, very small company and, um, but we're growing. So maybe, maybe we'll become more well-known. Uh, yeah. Um, but, but it's great because, you know, working at Google would be great, but, um, you know, I have two, two kids and a wife and that's one of the reasons I left Tesla. Uh, it, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't conducive for, um, a small family that's, uh, you know, we're, we're still kind of young, you know, my wife and I are kind of young and, um, you know, we're getting things together and, you know, you don't want the pressure of, uh, you know, not to, not to say that there's no pressure here or that type of stuff, but, um, you know, uh, Tesla was a wonderful experience and all that. And, um, there's more, there's more to life than, uh, you know, than, than your job. And, uh, so you got to find the right fit for your family and, um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, small companies and, um, again, just kind of build, build, uh, build skill sets and figure out how to do things and, um, you know, just kind of figure out where you land. Uh, but for, for me, it's perfect, uh, to, to have this situation and, um, yeah. We're, and also the thing that was huge for me is I work with a bunch of guys who are senior developers. You know, they've been around 15, 20, 25 years. So, um, yeah, it, it was just, it's just, it was just perfect for me because, uh, you know, I have a lot of, lot to learn. Certainly. And they've probably seen a lot, like they've gone through literally decades of how tech has evolved. So yeah. I'm sure they have some pretty good stories. Yeah, it's it's so nice because um you know, like even if you look at JavaScript uh and how it's changed over the years, um it's you know, it's one thing to kind of jump in now and and look at JavaScript, but if you can know the history of like, you know, it was created for your your browser and then Node was created later which works on a server. And, and they run on different runtime environments. Um, you know, so that's, that's history starting from 19, 1995 to, uh, you know, 2009 or 12 is when node was, right. you know, there's, there's a history. And when these guys learn this thing, this stuff real time, they have a, a greater depth of understanding of, of how it's used and why it's used now. Um, and that perspective is huge because when you jump in, um, you might know, Hey, I can do this, this, and this to create a website. But, um, if you understand well, why people make decisions and why they're doing what they're doing, um, it really helps. Um, and yeah, so, but I mean, these, they've been through the whole thing. They got, they, they know what they're doing. Um, and when I, make a uh you know when i what we call pull request when i 
submit code, you know, these guys review it and they tell me whether it's right or wrong. And I mean, it's just, it's just great. Certainly. Well, Michael, one of the questions I do love to ask here is, it sounds like you're in a great position working with really cool people. What do you see as next for you? Um, you know, I got to learn a lot, you know, there's a lot to learn. Um, you know, more skills. Um, and you know, I'm, I'm also kind of, I'm a hungry type of guy. I'm not looking to change any, anything, but, um, just, you know, master or whatever craft is placed before you is kind of my, um, perspective. Um, so there's a lot to learn, you know? Um, and I think placing high expectations on yourself is really good in the sense of whatever you have a vision of achieving, that's what you're going to achieve. So if you kind of have a vision of, okay, you know, I'm just going to get by and then that's, that's the ceiling of, of what you're going to do. But if you have a vision of, Hey, you know, I can, I can figure this out and I can do this and that and that, um, then that's probably, you know, where you're going to start heading. And, and if you don't meet that, you're going to still improve. So, um, you know, where, where my vision is mastery, right? <laughs> which, which is unachievable, uh, cause you're always learning and things are changing, but just kind of having high expectations, I think is, um, it's just good to have, uh, you know, but again, like don't not getting down on yourself or like, I'm not going to do any, I'm not doing any of that, but, um, like, yeah, just, Hey man, I, you know, anybody's capable of understanding and doing and becoming, um, and that includes me. So, uh, you know, just high expectations and try to do the best you can with the time you have. And perhaps to add on, maybe consider, you know, it's not like we're, you know, I think the majority of us are trying to learn something that's already been learned by others. So I think if someone else can do it, you can do it. Yes. Yes. I'm a huge fan of believing in myself and and that's not because I'm any better or you know like everybody the, the human potential is huge right like any any human is is capable of greatness uh and you know I'm somewhere on on a spectrum that's arbitrary and whatever but if you ever pin yourself against other people, you're either going to be sorely, you're probably going to be sorely disappointed where you, where you fall. You know, everybody has their own thing, but just personally, you know, just uh, realize every human, every person has tremendous capabilities and you could figure anything out and just believe in yourself. Uh, and not in a way that uh, hurts other people, you know, and not from an insecure way of, you know, bringing other people down. So you feel better. Um, but, you know, just uh, be okay falling on your face and be okay um, failing. And it's like, it's fine, you know. Uh, everybody does it. Uh, and that doesn't take away from your self-worth or your potential. Just keep going at it. And you'll figure it out uh, at some point. I, I couldn't agree more. Like, these words are incredibly wise. With that being said, Michael, are you open to listeners connecting with you on social media? Yeah, if, uh, if you want to, sure. Um, yeah, my LinkedIn, uh, Michael Adams, 
M I C H A E L A D A M S. Oh, three apps. Um, yeah, if you want to, uh, go ahead. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for your time and sharing your story. And for anyone else who's listening, if you have any questions for Michael or myself that could be answered perhaps on a future episode, please email me at alumnipodcast at springboard.com.